0: Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt here to bring you another week, another episode, bring you the latest in sports and music in one show, July 20th, 2020. Bryce, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. You are right. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of basketball news, a lot of football news, but the biggest thing that I think has came out of this past week is that sports are back. Baseball is in full training camp kind of mode. Their first first game, regular season game for this restart is going to be Thursday I
1: can't NBA wait.
0: NBA scrimmages are starting this Friday or sorry Wednesday starting this Wednesday and we're about 10 10 days out from from the regular season resuming what are what are you most excited about for this this upcoming week personally I am
1: so excited about Friday the my Tampa Bay Rays play their first game of the season against the Toronto Blue Jays so I, I I could personally say as much as I do love the NBA I am substantially more excited for the MLB and that could be a hot take but I <laughs> I do
0: love baseball like, you know, so I think much. I I definitely I don't I definitely don't blame you for that because the NBA was Fully in their in the middle of their season before before they had to abruptly end the season. Yeah. The MLB wasn't even close to well they they had they had spring well, training. They were but,
1: supposed to start. They, yeah, they were well they were like weeks
0: away from starting. And
1: I I was very excited for this season as is because I mean my team was supposed to be pretty competitive and.
0: You know, I
1: mean, no, no bias, I, obviously. No but, bias. But, I mean, yeah, I, I was pretty <laughs> yeah. excited for the season. And and I do think that – I don't know. I, I just love baseball. I, I think that it's my favorite sport to go watch in person. Uh, my dad and I are actually making a trip around the country right now. Not right now, but, like, over time to uh, every baseball stadium in the country, which is really? super cool. Um, yeah. And I think, honestly, baseball is one of the only sports you can do that with and get a different experience every single game you go to. Like, all the football stadiums are essentially just about the same. All the NBA arenas are just about the same. Some of them have like a couple cool features, but they're just, you know, big structures, baseball stadiums. It's like so much more than the game. Like, my dad and I specifically don't go to a game if they're playing the Rays because we'd want to pay attention if they're playing the Rays. And when we go to these stadiums, we we pay attention to the game, but very lightly because we go around and get the best food in the stadium. And some stadiums have like museums like the Atlanta Braves had like a big Hank Aaron museum. Um like, cool things like that, just going around and seeing everything, going to the team store, going, like, to the outfield where they usually have, like, a cool area. And the Braves, you could literally get on a zipline and zipline across the stadium. Like, that stuff is super cool. Um, so that that is part of the other reason why I love baseball. It's just something that, you know, my dad and I can bond on because, to be honest, I don't have many – Many other people
0: to bond about baseball with. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think the the cool part about baseball, in my opinion, is that is that it's been such a prominent part of the United States, specifically for a hundred plus years. American history, right? Like not just yeah,
1: yeah, not just in the United States. Like it is America's pastime, as much as people now want to argue that for whatever reason. It is America's pastime, and it is the first sport that really America fell in love with. And it's unfortunate. I know the numbers are going way down, and this season, especially without fans, is like not going to be good for the MLB. Um, I think their TV numbers might be up, but the MLB, the reason why I think currently they still get pretty high numbers, like the MLB is summer. Like the summer is the MLB, and now you have the NBA to compete with, which is probably – I would say the league that is on the rise the most in terms mm-hmm. of fans and revenue and all that type of stuff. So I I think it's going to be tough for them to really stay and compete with the with the other teams but or with the other leagues going on right now. But I guess we'll just see. I don't know. I I do love baseball.
0: That's probably the most which, excited I am. Which like a, which um which stadium is going back to you going you traveling to every stadium to see a game? Which which stadium are you the most excited about? Oof!
1: Um, so there's a few classics. I think I'm really excited about like Wrigley Field in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I, I, my dad actually has been there, and he we're going to go back. I hadn't been, but uh, I'm really, really, really excited about that one. Um, obviously Fenway. Fenway, yeah, Fenway. I'm actually really excited about Oracle Park, which is where the Orioles play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that is probably the coolest ballpark in all of America. It's, like, built off the side of, like, an old abandoned, like, factory that they turned into, like, the front office for the Orioles. And it's just so, like in downtown baltimore like i don't know i really think that field is incredible Um, and downtown baltimore is a cool is a cool place yeah to to travel to and then even like the minnesota twins they have like target field which is like new but it's very very nice and it's all like granite and ah i'm so
0: excited okay no no bias towards towards my team obviously but how how excited would you say where would you put where would you put camerica park up there my Tigers.
1: I mean, I I think that would be cool. I've heard it's a pretty cool ballpark, just because it's in the middle of like downtown Detroit, and the skyscrapers are back there. But from what from what I've been like reading online, I kind of go through and like look at rankings all the time. It, it's like middle of the pack. It's just kind of a generic ballpark. Nothing like huh. too special about it.
0: I um, think I think I think the coolest part is that it, it is right next to Ford Field. Yeah, which is which, cool. which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm also really excited about like the Astros
1: stadium minute made field okay. is yeah. like incredible and has like a retractable roof. And, you know, so far we've been to the Miami Marlins, which was cool. Very, like it's very new, yeah. it's very Miami, like it's very yeah. Miami, very colorful and they have a lot of cool things from the old orange, uh, orange bowl stadium. And we've been to, City, City Field in New York for the Mets, which actually was incredible. Um, and then Atlanta's new stadium, uh, SunTrust Park, because we've I've also been to uh, Turner Field, which was the like 2000 Olympic Stadium. But they they recently moved to SunTrust Park, like right outside of Atlanta. That one's really, really, really nice as well. I mean, honestly, there hasn't been one that I've been to, and I've been
0: like, "Damn, this is trash," you know. I am. Um, like, I've been so to. Um, I haven't been inside the stadium, but I have been to downtown Atlanta, where they have all of those. I like, guess a whole city. Well, obviously, it's a city, but it's a whole little like area where they have apartments and stuff, and the whole oh, area so is cool. so cool. Yeah, that yeah. that was the
1: one thing I liked the best about Atlanta's new stadium is that, like yeah they built a whole city around it it might not be in the middle of downtown atlanta like turner field used to be but the new one they they built a little city around it brand new apartments really cool shops restaurants yeah they have a little bridge that says atlanta braves going from like the stadium to a restaurant and that's so cool like i don't know i think that they, they did a really, really good job. Those new ballparks, from what I've been kind of, like, reading, the trend is that, like, the the new ballparks, they're not just building the ballpark. They're building, like, a whole – they're kind of going in the middle of nowhere. Not middle of nowhere, but, like, kind of empty land a good amount so they can build, like, a whole experience around it because Which that's I'm, the one thing yeah. that, like, baseball has to offer is the experience of going to the going to the game, like I said, compared to, like, other – major sports it's like the experience of being at a
0: ballpark like it's just it's crazy which just going back to what you were saying about baseball just i mean to to get to attract certain fans you just have to get creative and do attract their interest you know and and even though i am a baseball fan that that really just made me really more attracted to baseball and just wanting to go to games because to get that experience because it Going to a baseball game would obviously obviously has a completely different experience as a football game or a basketball game. You know they all have their their um, kind of setup to the game. You know football obviously has tailgates. Basketball, you know, you show up and go watch shoot around exactly. a couple hours before. And baseball, you know, you can walk around. You know, go to the restaurants before and just have a good time. So. Yeah. really cool yeah yeah so that
1: so that's one thing like I said this this upcoming week going back to that i'm I'm definitely most excited about baseball just in general I'll definitely watch the games on Thursday but Friday uh I can't
0: wait <laughs> <laughs> no and and I don't but definitely with this compressed kind of season only 60 games is gonna be very very cool to watch obviously we never had a baseball season like this before, not in our lifetime anyways. But going back to some, it does seem old news at this point, but obviously we record on Mondays. So it happened a little bit late later last week, but Dak Prescott, the contract extension deadline came and went and the Cowboys and the, and their franchise quarterback Dak Prescott, Did not agree on an extension. So this upcoming season, he will be on a one-year, $31.4 million. Had to make sure I got that number right. Deal. Um, Franchise tag. So what do you take from that? As he has been their quarterback for the franchise quarterback for the past four seasons Mm. played played well obviously um but they just couldn't agree on a deal as they've been working on this thing for what seems like over a year now it's been way too long (laughs) it seems like every other week every every other time you turn on espn they're just talking about Dak prescott and the cowboys not agreeing on a deal and this past week the the time came and went and they did not agree on one yeah i i think that first
1: first thing i think is he's getting paid regardless like that guy is making some big money and as much as he might want to complain i get the whole idea of not having a a set like set for years type of situation but he's going to be the highest paid player in the nfl next year and that's pretty big to me Uh, but personally, I, yeah, I don't think this is good for Dak and I don't think this is necessarily, I think it's better for the Cowboys because if you look at it from the Cowboys franchise perspective, Dak hasn't always done what they really want him to do. They haven't been to the playoffs in a while. They haven't won a Super Bowl, in God knows who, how long, like Jerry Jones is upset and I get it. I do from their perspective. Because the franchise tag is a great way to put the quarterback on on kind of like a, what would you call it, like a temporary, like a trial process. So like, you're pretty much, you, you've done what you could do, we don't want to give you a big contract, but we kind of want to see what you can do one more year under a new head coach, which they have this year as well. So, I think that if Dak goes off and has a great year and they make the playoffs and blah, 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 I think they have to make the playoffs for Dak to have a secured future with the Cowboys. I think if they don't make the playoffs and they're an under 500 team, even just at 500, I think it's going to be questionable whether or not Dak even has a future with the Cowboys, whether he'd want to or not. I think that they, the Cowboys, are just kind of sick of it. And I, I totally get it. But from Dak's perspective, I also get it. Because they haven't always put him in the best position to win. And I think that his head coaching hasn't been fantastic over the last what six years Jason Garrett was there and he really didn't do much. And Jerry Jones like refused to fire him. Like that's not a good situation. Um, and and so I think that having him under a new offense with Mike McCarthy, who I think is a very, very, very good coach who probably shouldn't have been fired from the Packers in the first place. I think that you put him in a good situation, he might be able to do something, but I definitely get it because personally, I don't even really think Dak is that great. I think from the Cowboys' perspective, this is the best choice they could have done because I I, I haven't seen anything from Dak that – that screams franchise quarterback, to be honest. And, uh, you know, especially – I mean, but then you look at, like, Zeke, and it's like, man, Zeke might have run and carried the offense for the last, what,
0: six years. Like, I don't know. That's the that's the biggest thing with this Cowboys team is that they have so much talent on that roster. They have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper – yeah,
1: I mean, there's a, there's a lot of there's... pieces there for him, He and he hasn't always put it together. And, right. and like I said, I think having and keeping Jason Garrett around probably a little more than he should have been um, doesn't help Dak uh, because it puts him just in a bad offense. Like, I don't know. I just don't think that was the best situation. I get it. But also, I definitely think that,
0: I don't know. I think they could do better personally. They, I'm not a fan of Dak. He, they have, and in in Dak's four seasons, they have only made the playoffs two times, and he um, and they they have not um, really capitalized on in the playoffs yeah. whatsoever. Obviously. But even
1: even when they do make the playoffs, their record like is not that great. And he's they, only they won get,
0: one playoff game in the in those four seasons. He's one and he two in the playoffs. And it's not that he hasn't. He's played decent. Too. He's played decent in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I'll, tell I'll tell you like, this too, though. Like,
1: okay, that record two and four two playoffs in four seasons, one playoff win, like that in it in Tampa Bay would be good and you'd have your job, you'd probably have your franchise deal. That in Dallas, to be honest, does not fly. Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl, like, within four years. Like, he drafted you four years ago to win a Super Bowl, period. Like, that. that's just how it is.
0: And, in and, Dallas. and, and getting – and the thing with Dak is that they – I really didn't think they had – they really didn't have high expectations – you know, drafting him in the fourth round year. Usually that is a backup role. Oh yeah. Kind of spot to get drafted. So he did exceed expectations coming into the league, immediately having that starter job and playing, playing well for a rookie, you know, leading them to 13 and three, his rookie year. Oh, for sure. But he, but ever since then, I don't think he's really improved since then. And even though he's going to be making $31.4 million this year, I think this, this season is really kind of a make or break kind of year for whether or not he's going to be a consistent pro bowler or just an average quarterback.
1: Or whether he will even be with the Cowboys.
0: Like I, right. said, and I that's, think That's the biggest question is whether the Cowboys are gonna re-sign him or not this time next year. And and here's here's an interesting statistic
1: kind of about like quarterbacks on the franchise tag. Like I, I think I read that no quarterback who had ever been signed to a franchise tag was then re signed for like a big contract they always went to like a different team which is interesting but they I mean I think that was only like three other situations
0: where the quarterback has been used on a franchise tag because it really doesn't happen very often right Um, because obviously quarterback is the is the most important position on a football team so you want to lock that up long term Uh, obviously obviously Patrick Mahomes, for example, but, but do you think, and here's a, here's just a question for you. Do you think the Cowboys don't trust Dak Prescott, which is why they the whole, the whole argument or the whole reason they didn't agree on a deal is that they were, they didn't want to bend on how long the contract was. I know Dak, Dak wanted four years. The Cowboys wanted five. And neither of them would just budge. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely don't
1: think that the Cowboys trust him. That I think that's the main reason why they're using the franchise tag. Like, like I said, like I think the franchise tag is meant to like a trial basis to see, like, okay, you didn't have a fantastic year last year, but we kind of just want to see what you can do, maybe under a new coach, like whatever. And, you know. They did that. So I, 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 yeah, I really don't think that, I don't think they trust him. I think that, I think that he's kind of in some hot water. If he doesn't have a good season this year, doesn't, like I said, make the playoffs and probably win a playoff game. I think he's gone from the Cowboys perspective. I also think there's a good chance, regardless of, whether they do well or not, the Dak maybe says if, if he has a good season or something and Dak maybe says like, Hey, I'm out. Like I, I can go get paid more somewhere else. Right. because I, yeah, I mean, There are other QB positions open in the not open right now, but you know, kind of on the fence that I think Dak could come in and
0: be a better day one starter then, for sure. And so, and you know, the season he's, Exactly what you he said. He's going to tr- go out and get his money and play well this year. You know, where and just some of the favorites that are some of the favorites to sign Dak next offseason. Obviously, way too early predictions, but just a couple of them just to throw out there. The Minnesota Vikings are one of the favorites, oh, yeah. along with the Colts, the Bears, the Chargers. Some of those, I mean, some of those would be very interesting to see and see how they approach this situation. I could definitely see the Colts being a good spot for Dak. You know, them just re or them just bring in Philip Rivers, who's yeah. older, one year contract though, one year contract, and even if they, even if they. Do re-sign him. That would be an interesting QB battle. Um, Chicago, the Bears obviously have Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Nick Foles
1: is going to be the starter there. But I think that that could be a good option too because, yeah, I think Dak would be better than probably both of those options. Um, Depending on Nick kind of goes in and out. Playoff Nick Foles, that's another story. But the, the
0: real thing is the, the, the Bears are not getting to the playoffs. No, so. no. <laughs> so, but that's, I mean, if they, if they don't see either of them working out long term, why not bring in a younger quarterback who who could bring you to the playoffs? Uh, exactly. And then, and then the Vikings, um, they, them, they just extended Kirk Cousins' contract through 2022 but obviously could trade Kirk Cousins if he has some trade value and see how, see how a Dak Prescott experiment works. Yeah.
1: I think that could also be a good option. I'm personally also not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. I think that he got paid way too much, way more than he should have ever. And, uh, Hey, you know, uh good for him, but I think he's just an average QB. And yeah. I mean, if you look at the NFL though, there are substantially more average QBs than really good quarterbacks, right? right? Like you have a lot of average quarterbacks in the league. And I mean, that's just kind of how it is and if you want to lock down and pay your average quarterback for the rest of his career, then good for you, but I don't think you're winning – unless you can build a defense that is, like, absolutely dominating, like, then you can win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback. But you can't win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback if you're just kind of relying on that.
0: Yeah, man, And so. and that's really what what sets these quarterbacks – I mean, the quarterback position is obviously, like I said earlier, the most important to – the success of your team in the NFL and not just the NFL but football across the board and there's really what how many elite quarterbacks would you say between six and eight maybe I I would uh,
1: I would go from like yeah five to five to seven (laughs) yeah I I would say um, because even a lot of the currently elite quarterbacks in the NFL are starting to age out Mm -hmm. and I mean like, would you still consider Ben Roethlisberger an elite quarterback in the NFL? Like, I not not even elite, it's, but it's like a good. It's hard for me to say. Than, yeah, no, that that's average, a good point. Yeah, an average. Um, I mean, I would probably never have considered Philip Rivers. Uh, he he was, he's an average quarterback. If you I would
0: I wouldn't show. put him in the like upper echelon ep- 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 with guys like Tom Brady and stuff like that, but maybe a tier below. I, guys like I Matt, know, Matt Stafford like, like kind of if
1: you look at like the Chargers and their track record the whole time he was there they didn't really do anything like like i said like unless you build a a defense that is just out of this world like you can't you can't win a super bowl with an average quarterback and uh, I, I don't know yeah i don't think i'd put him there i think right now you have Patrick Mahomes you have Lamar Jackson you have still i think Tom Brady is up there
0: Definitely. Yeah. I
1: mean he won a Super Bowl two years ago. Uh you have Tom Brady, you have Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson right. who I think is extremely underrated. And you know, never has ever had one vote for M V P which is crazy to me. But anyway still still insane. Um trying to think who else. Uh although did I already say Lamar? I, I Mm-hmm. I'm not one hundred percent about Lamar yet. I'd like to see maybe another year or two of him playing how he did his his second year, actually. So, I, I'm I'm not sold on him. I think he is good, and I think he's a game changer. So I will put him up there, but Drew, still, can't forget Drew Brees. Still pending. Yep, Drew Brees. But like I said, like Drew Brees is probably, to be honest, done after this season. Like not, and I think he's good, and I think he's still elite. But what I've been hearing is he's planning on retiring after this year. And then we'll have a very fun talk come this time next year with head quarterback, uh, Jameis Winston, leading the (laughs) New Orleans Saints. So (laughs) The greatest, the greatest comeback in NFL history. (laughs) The greatest comeback there was. (laughs) I love Jameis as much as he sucked for five straight years with my bucks. Like, I do like Jameis, and I think he has a lot of upside. But he won
0: want he a Heisman. Like he, I mean,
1: no, but beside college. Like even looking at his like numbers in the NFL, some of like on the record books is like some of the best numbers in NFL history already. And, and yeah, I mean, it's just he's also breaking records from throwing the most interceptions in NFL history. So it's like you know, take your good with your bad, and
0: then average right. it out. And he what does, you get and, and that's the game. thing is that <laughs> a lot of these young quarterbacks have so much potential. I mean, like you said, he, Jameis Winston, even though he broke the NFL record for interceptions throwing thirty, he also threw for five thousand yards. Yeah, exactly. And he's one
1: of, I think it was six quarterbacks in NFL history to throw for over 3,000, or so, yeah, throw for over 5,000 yards in a season. Like, it doesn't happen. It really doesn't. I think Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning, and like Tom Brady, he's in, he's in good company. Like, it really doesn't happen to quarterbacks who are just average. If he could cut down his interceptions in a half if he could cut it from 30 to 15 in a season he would be an elite quarterback and And that that won't change my mind I personally was sick of him I really was and uh so I'm glad he's gone but I think whatever team got him is gonna be if they if they can cut the interceptions if they can't he's done he's done his career is over like there's no more He's backup Jameis, but if he can cut those interceptions and kind of prove himself, he works a lot. He's a hard worker. Everyone from the Bucks who I ever listened to talk about Jameis, like they loved him. Came in early, stayed late, like really grinded. But sometimes, even what you do isn't enough. So, and,
0: and we could we could go into the analytics of of what what if he would have only thrown. 15 interceptions cut those in half what that would have done beneficial wise to the the
1: playoffs but But, that's no that is actually a fact
0: if we would have cut those to 15 we would have made the playoffs because i i don't remember the exact number but he with those 30 interceptions i don't remember exactly but the field position of the whoever they were playing after they had the interception was ridiculous i want to say they usually ended up on the 35 yard line or something. Exactly. And it's like a lot of the times he throws an interception.
1: And I'm like, dude, who are you looking at? Like, right. where is that going to? Straight to the man that you're not supposed to throw it to. Like, that is the most annoying thing about Sheamus. Like,
0: but the, I think, I think him playing behind Drew Brees is going to be so. So beneficial for him, and yeah, with, that could be good. I, I totally agree. And I mean, obviously, Drew Brees, if there's a quarterback that takes care of the ball, it is Drew Brees, no oh, doubt yeah. about it. And that's going to be so helpful for him, even if it's just one year, but but that'll. I think we have. There's a lot of young quarterbacks in this league, and it's going to be very fun to see who who takes the step. I think there are a couple that obviously we are pretty certain about. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray's making his way up there. Lamar, yeah, Lamar. Uh, These other younger guys like Dak Prescott. Over, it'll be. It'll. It's going to be fun to see who who takes that extra step or and who stays around just a average quarterback. Like you said there are a lot of average quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. So yeah,
1: it, it will be fun to come back and look at look at this conversation a year from now and really right. see I think this next season of the NFL is going to be super telling
0: a lot of ways. And yeah, I mean if if one league if a lot of things can change in one League outside of the NBA, it's definitely the NFL. The off season, yeah, yeah. Speaking One of player. the NBA, on um, the the latest episode of what's happening in the N- NBA bubble, <laughs> <laughs> um, couple couple highlights. Just before we get into actual news, they uh, built a barber shop inside of the NBA bubble. Yep, the um,
1: NBA barbershop
0: <laughs> The and and and. It's actually pretty cool. I, I've seen pictures of it. Just a neat little kind of shop they have with the NBA logo on it and everything. It kind of looks like it's right out of 2K. But uh, the Snitch Hotline making headlines. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the video that CBS Sports has posted, a parody video for the Snitch Hotline, definitely watch it. It's, what, three minutes long. It's hilarious. So uh, funny. um yeah i mean that's a, <laughs> i'm trying to think i mean they're just they're just really living their best life in there. Uh, uh, they really
1: are and they seem to be having a lot of fun they uh they're still fishing and i saw the mavericks are out there playing uh like it like tennis but I think it's like uh oh sp- spikeball yeah spike ball or even like racquetball or something like that like in the in the uh parking lots yeah no they definitely Disney said we're gonna shut down the entire like Disney hotels and we're gonna yeah turn it into NBA 2k essentially like <laughs> I, I think that's so funny um oh,
0: taco taco fall was giving. Was giving bike tours. I saw that. Yes, I saw
1: that. Taco on a bike. That, first of all, we've seen Taco on a bike because, though, or I guess you never saw Taco on a bike.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because were you here the year that Taco, were you here Taco's
1: senior year? I guess.
0: I I went to a couple games, but I was not, I did not go to UCF yet.
1: I wasn't. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I was here at UCF, and we would see Taco around campus all the time, riding like lime bikes. It. It looked unnatural, to be honest. Like he,
0: he, I. It probably hurt to ride a bike. I mean, but, when you're uh, when you're uh when you're seven foot six, I. It's hard for anything to really look like a normal human being. <laughs> I mean, this, and and obviously he's a he's a fan favorite for the Celtics. It's so hard not to like Taco. Oh, Taco is Taco's a
1: star. I love Taco. I'm so glad he's in the bumble, bubble. I was kind of I I didn't know he would be there to be honest just because uh you know, I I know he hasn't always been on the roster with the Celtics, but uh, I'm glad they brought him. I'm glad that we get to see more
0: taco content. I miss him. I really do. Yeah, he did. If you don't, if you don't know Taco Falls, he did. He played for four years at UCF. He was, he's a seven foot six gentle giant, and he he was he has been on a two way contract with the with the Celtics all season. But yeah, if if they. I mean, we've been we've been saying how how great it would be if they made a reality TV show, and I think Taco Fall would have to be the star of that show. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Taco or Kawhi? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> dude. I mean, they're they're just two very lovable lovable players, and Luca Luca would definitely have to be thrown in there. But um,
1: no, for sure.
0: outside of that. Russell Westbrook, uh, right, literally right after we recorded our episode last week, tested positive for COVID nineteen. He's not in Orlando currently. um, Has yet to travel to Orlando to meet the Rockets there, but uh, last week, last we heard, he's feeling fine. Um, No symptoms really, but it appears. I'm basically certain that he's going to miss some of the preseason games. Um, The Rockets' first preseason game is this Friday, especially with all the protocol and caution that comes with him having to travel. He does have to test negative before he even travels to Orlando and Mm. then quarantine for two days and then pass a couple more tests before he even is able to practice with the Rockets. Still 10 days out from the regular season games, though. Obviously, it's going to be a huge blow for this Rockets team. Exactly to what extent do you see Russell Westbrook missing some games for the Rockets have on them? Well,
1: I, I think that, obviously, as long as he's back by time for the playoffs, I think they'll be fine. I think the first eight games... For those teams, especially for the teams who are pretty much set and where they're supposed to be for the playoffs, those first eight games aren't necessarily even about winning. They're more about getting like together as a team to like start playing well together and and get that chemistry back, you know. And I think on a on a team like the Rockets, especially with James Harden and um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook just being so good of friends, it, it might not honestly have as big of an impact just because they already kind of have that chemistry. Naturally they've played together before, like they, they, they know how to do it. So I, I don't think honestly for the Rockets, that might be much of an issue.
0: No. And, and I agree that they're, they are the sixth seed right now tied for the, with the Thunder Um with the in with the same record as the Thunder, they could realistically, looking at the standings, could realistically make it up to the three seed. Really, not fall anywhere below the seven. They they have a one and a half game lead on the Mavericks, who are the seventh seed. Any of those matchups, I favor them in. It would they could play either the Nuggets, Jazz, or Thunder, and I see them pretty handily beating any of those teams with how well the this Rockets team was playing before the NBA to put a hold on the season I could see them really contending with anyone outside of the two LA teams and beating anyone besides the two LA teams so I don't think I agree I don't think Ross missing some regular season games or even all these regular season games it's going to be a huge blow. Obviously, they would want him in time for the playoffs, but I don't. Yeah, like I don't. I don't see that being too big of a deal. Obviously, we all hope and hope that he recovers and that he doesn't. This isn't a long term effect on him. Another oh, for sure. Another um, interesting, <laughs> it's interesting thing that happened in the NBA this past week. Pelicans uh, rookie sensation Zion Williamson Uh. left the bubble Thursday to attend to an emergency family matter. There's no real timetable for his return just yet, but that is going to be a huge blow for the Pelicans, who are still fighting for a playoff spot out in the West as they're three and a half games back from the Grizzlies for that eight spot. Again, how, how much of a blow is that going to be for this Pelican squad? Unfortunately, I think it is a huge blow because if you even look
1: at the timetable, right? So we're 10 games away from the regular season or 10 days away from the regular season starting. You have to quarantine for at least, what is it, eight days, I think? After eight days, even if you step outside of the bubble. Exactly. So I think it's even more if you're out for an extended period of time, like Zion probably being out for close to five-something days. Although, like we said, there's no information on like a timetable. So it could be five days from now. It could be ten days from now, and he could come back when the season starts in which case I think he would have to quarantine for like 12 days or something like that. Um, and I think that's really, 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 really bad for the Pelicans because it, uh, yeah, like I said, if he, even if he comes back like tomorrow, he'd have to quarantine for like 10 days. That would, he would miss one to two of the regular season games. I think, And if you look at, like, the end of the season, the stretch, the Zion was there when they were playing well. Like, the reason why they're so close and up there is because of Zion and his dominance coming in those last, what, 17, 19 games, something like that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he made the push to get them to where they are. Over those 19 games, they were over 500. Exactly, and I think that, it's just not looking good. I, I think they need Zion to play and to play at full strength and full capacity in order to make that push to get into the playoffs. Because I think, I mean, I think the uh, I think the Grizzlies are a really good team too. So I, I think it's going to come down to how soon can you get Zion back, because we might not even see the. the I mean by the time he gets back, he might, his team might not even be in the playoffs and they're just going to say, you know what, you don't need to come back at all type of thing. Like, I don't know. It's going to be, it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks. I really, really wanted to see Zion again we- <laughs> a little bit. I know we were kind of hyped up for the Lakers Pelicans matchup in the first round of the playoffs, but
0: I don't know. I think that's looking a little more unlikely now that he's left the bubble. And and I don't even think it's really, I we we obviously would love to see that that Pelicans Lakers matchup, but we've just seen such a small sample size out of Zion this season, 10, nineteen games, and despite the NBA awards, which will have no effect on on these Orlando games, which we'll get into it, get into it in a little bit. But these, but these nineteen or these eight games, I just wanted to see Zion play again because those nineteen games were so entertaining, and this Pelicans team is so fun to watch with Lonza, with Brandon Ingram, even Jackson Hayes, Josh Hart. They are a young, they're a and good very team. fun team to watch. Yeah,
1: no, I definitely agree,
0: and you know any and even just watching the practice clips from the pelicans in orlando these past couple of days that and you can tell how how much chemistry lonzo and zion have on the court together so so we all hope that he that he comes back and hopefully soon he doesn't have to miss any of these regular season games Another thing I wanted to get into before before we talk about these NBA awards was the return of Victor Oladipo, which there's a strong possibility he returns for for the Pacers in these games. He's in Orlando with the team right now, and coming off of that horrible injury, but he did he did play 13 games for the Pacers at the end of this season plate. He definitely had his moments where he, you could definitely just knocking the rust off, but Victor Oladipo returning for the Pacers who, who I already had as a huge sleeper team out East with the, with the return of him, they are a contender with, you know, DeMontis Sabonis, TJ Warren and Miles Turner. That is a good team by itself. They're they're the fifth seed right now, but with Victor Oladipo, that team could, and some people may look at me crazy for this, but they could compete with the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals if they were to make it there.
1: Yeah, i, I, I think that I think that does put them into some type of contention pretty much immediately. Yeah. Because I yeah, and I've had my theories on the Bucks before, but I think the Giannis obviously, and I don't think he runs the show there. That's just kind of a fact. But yeah, if the Pacers can can do that, I think they would definitely put up a
0: fight. And and Victor Victor Oladipo was uh, he he did have his his fair share of games where he looked like somebody who was coming off of a torn quad, which he was. But there were also games, I mean, the last game before the NBA hiatus, he dropped 27-7-4 and four on 9-for-16 shooting from the field, 5-for-7 from three. So you could tell that he was getting back into the groove of things and – These little scrimmages and the regular season games will definitely help for the playoffs for that. But yeah, I mean, the Pacers, the Pacers, with the return of him, they are going to be a team to beat in the East. All right. Going back to the NBA Awards, which the NBA did announce that these Orlando games are going to have zero effect on who wins the regular season awards, which would be MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and I don't... Oh, and Coach of the Year, obviously. I don't think any of who... When they do announce the winners, I don't think any of them are really going to be a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of them are pretty obvious candidates, but which would be Rookie of the year, nobody to nobody's surprise would be, is more than likely going to be John Morant. Coach of the year, is, which I 100% agree with, is going to be Nick Nurse for the Toronto Raptors. Even though Mike, Mike Bootenholzer would be an interesting choice, but I think Nick Nurse has done so much with that Raptors team after winning the chip last year nobody really saw them being as competitive as they are nick Nurse has done one of the best jobs in my opinion in a long time coaching wise yeah i don't know how you how you feel about that but
1: i i think it comes down to him or billy donovan i am a huge huge fan of billy donovan i think that uh what he was able to do with this this uh, Thunder team, I mean, obviously you have Chris Paul, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, being kind of the leader and the reason why they're staying competitive. But I, I also think that because with all those young players, I think Billy Donovan has a big part to do with it. Um, I think he was a great coach at the University of Florida. And I think he
0: got, you know he he's gotten even
1: better when he he got to that next level.
0: Right, and that that transition is tough for a lot of coaches and a lot of them really don't transition well, but Billy Donovan really no, he has done a phenomenal job with that Thunder team. And I, I know it yeah, they really they really weren't in a lot of people's playoff pick predictions after losing Paul George and Russell Westbrook obviously. But yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, if Nick Nurse hadn't done the job that he had done with the Raptors this year, 100% could have seen Billy Donovan winning the award this year, Defensive pr- Player of the Year. Which a lot of there are a lot of different candidates. I think for this one, I still think that Giannis is my is my pick for that. Um, Anthony Davis definitely is up there. Uh, Bam out of bio even, and I think I think Bam.
1: Every time, yeah. For I, I think Bam has a good chance of winning that one.
0: Yeah, and he's—I he, mean—he's probably out of all of those guys, probably the most versatile on the defensive end. Yeah, you know, being being able to switch on the pick and roll and guard really any position on the floor uh six man six man this is probably going to be the closest award there's three real three real good candidates for this the mantras harold dennis schroeder and lou will obviously
1: lou will lou will
0: is mr mr six man of the year but what he is <laughs> what what mantras, Harold? And I mean, the Clippers just produce six men of the year. It's ridiculous. They really do over over time. <laughs> oh, but I, I really want to go with Dennis Schroeder. I know that's a pretty unpopular opinion, but what he's been able to do for the Thunder, well, especially with. How many, how many point guards that team has? We know, with Chris Paul, with Shai, uh, that team is stacked. And with the numbers that he's putting up, I, it's it's hard for me not to go with him. Obviously, the the Clippers have Montrez and Lou Will, so I feel like one of them is going to walk away with that award. But I would love to see Dennis Schroeder come <laughs> come away with it. Yeah, that w- that would be pretty cool. Um, the one that we were talking about earlier, which I really want to, s- we we were waiting to argue about it until until the show, but MVP award, you are taking LeBron. I to walk away with LeBron. that, I would love to hear your explanation before I argue with you. I don't know. I just feel like this year,
1: um, he's kind of done something he has never done in his career before, honestly leading the league in assists, really taking that like point guard position that he's never really played a whole year for, um, and kind of taking it to a new level. I think that he made that push for the Lakers to really like solidify that number one seed in the West. Uh, And and I I don't think, I mean, as much as I think Anthony Davis is also a star. I mean, I really don't think the Lakers would even be a top five seed, six seed, maybe even without LeBron. And I think that that, that kind of, says something and 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 the argument was like oh anthony davis also does that anthony davis does his own thing like anthony davis is defensive player of the year he i mean yeah he helps out lebron but i i think lebron is just he's been dominant this year and i think that he was trying to prove something and i think he did because obviously the year before last was the first time what he didn't make the playoffs in his career and uh I don't know. It is it is tough. I would say Giannis, what he's done over the last two years has been, he's the favorite for sure. I I will say that. I probably have an unpopular opinion, but he kind I think he took his his game to like another level this year, just because, like I said, with everything he was able to do that he typically doesn't do, and over his career, I think that says something just about him as a player and him as a person. Like,
0: if if he really wants to do it, he can do it. And and don't get me wrong, LeBron, LeBron has transformed his game this year more than any into the player that he's, we've always known him to be, which is a pass first player. But Giannis this year has, this might be the most dominant season by a player in his own way since Steph. In 2015, when Steph made that, that season, Steph went off for 400 threes, one unanimous MVP. That is the last time I've, I've seen somebody dominate the way Giannis has this year. On um, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive defensive end as well. And not just leading leading the Bucks to the first. To the one seed out in the east. But he has improved his game in so many aspects this year. You know, installing, you know, actually having a ha- actually having a three point game this year.
1: Yeah. Which he true. hasn't
0: had in his career, really. The mid range, his mid range game is becoming nearly unstoppable. But LeBron, LeBron. Don't get me wrong, he he has been phenomenal this year, you know. But a lot of that has to go to Anthony Davis, to the credit to Anthony Davis as well, and the supporting cast that they've surrounded LeBron with. You know, Danny Green most definitely has has helped to that aspect. You know, even, even Dwight Howard, who's kind of had a a kind of like rebirth
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> with
0: the with the Lakers. I think a lot of that has to go to supporting cast, which LeBron didn't have that last year. And this is the first time in a while that, and he, LeBron has most definitely had good second, third options in the past, but this might be the best for kind of sidekicks and to really fit LeBron's game to be a pat and, and, a lot of that might have have, has to go to the stage of career that LeBron's in. you know, not being as explosive as athletic as he may be in the past, but I think LeBron, if they keep this supporting cast around him, he like, they, they will be contenders for a couple years.
1: No. Yeah. I I do agree with you there. And like I said, I think that, the argument between Giannis and LeBron, it's, it's very, it's a tight one. I think, I I think it's, it's a lot closer than people think people think. Exactly. I think that everyone's kind of like, Oh, Giannis immediately. Like, I don't think so. I think that hey, and and that was kind of my perspective is like, yeah, if he, if Giannis wins, I'm not going to be pissed, but I definitely think that, I mean, uh, of any years in recent history, LeBron hasn't won the MVP in a little bit, so it's like I think that he, I don't know, I, I would I would like to think that he would have another shot of winning the MVP, uh, and I think that this year would be potentially that year. But you know, and Don't, you and, don't know.
0: and don't get me wrong, LeBron is arguably the best player in the NBA year in and year out, except this year. I think this is the first year in a while that I can confidently say that Giannis is the best player in the NBA at this, at this moment in time and not, and not just based on experience because LeBron obviously has the leadership over him and the experience when it comes to the playoffs, but the best player on the floor at a given time it, it is it is Giannis, and that's the first time that I've been able to say that in probably what ten, ten years. <laughs> um, but yeah,
1: no, I I agree. I I think that yeah, I, I agree. I'd love Giannis. I would love to see him win an NBA NBA championship, right? And if and I that's
0: the biggest thing is,
1: and if he doesn't, honestly, within the next. Three years. I think we need to look back and see what, right? What's going on? I don't know, but I mean, also, if you look at it, it did take LeBron a minute when he first got into the league to really get a championship.
0: Never did with those first Clippers team or first uh, Cleveland teams. This, this, and Giannis is if he does win his second MVP in a row. He's only 25 years old. Exactly. And that is terrifying when you really look into perspective how many, how many more he can win. But that's also the thing with the NBA is that the MVP is a very rotating trophy. or very rotating award. You know, LeBron yeah. could have won 10 MVPs if, if it was purely based on the fact that the best player in the world. Who is it? LeBron? Okay, then he could have won 10 mvp awards but yeah i agree but that's not how the award goes really in the Mm -hmm. nba in the nba which is unfortunate but but no i mean that this is gonna be i'm very very excited for this the finally after four months the nba finally resuming but when it comes to when it comes to music for this past the past two weeks which is what i'm going to do for the releases of the week as last week obviously i only talked about juice world's legends never die album so top five releases of the past two weeks number five have to give it to just like you by young pinch it's a very mellow song and one of my favorites out of this kind of barrage of singles that he's been releasing the last few months. I mean, I think this is his seventh or eighth song that he's released in the past couple months in preparation for his fifth studio album, Forever Friday Season 3. Like I said, very mellow song. Um, I'm a huge fan of it, in my opinion. But number four, which it's going to take a lot of people by surprise but I'm giving the four spot to Popstar by Drake.
1: Might Ooh, seem a bit low a on
0: this list. Popstar was definitely better compared, the better one compared to the other song that he released on Friday. Grease? Grease, definitely better than Grease.
1: Oh, I like Grease better, to be honest. Ooh. I'm sorry. This has a cool beat, and it's very like, I don't know.
0: I, I, I like Greece. You like Greece more, really? Okay. I don't know. I I think Popstar was definitely catchier, in my opinion.
1: Popstar I think Greece is
0: catchier, but Greece... was Greece was disappointing, to be honest to me. Hey, well, Both of them been. were kind of disappointing. But G- Popstar was definitely the better out of the two. I don't know. Okay. I when I it, I always expect Drake to release a summer banger, which What like tootsie slide whatever I didn't I think that song was kind of below average anyways, but I mean what we're accustomed to when it comes to Drake summer bangers I mean last year it was Money in the Grave which was fire still that is is
1: true that is true
0: the year before I mean you had his entire Views album I mean those were all bangers but when it came to just a song like a summer kind of song. But I don't know. Both of these were kind of disappointing. Both of them were kind of disappointing, in my opinion. It's not Pop typical Stars, Drake fashion. No, and that's and I might just be. I'm I'm more of a fan of old Drake, anyways. More of his older projects. So both of them were in that aspect very disappointing to me. Uh, I mean, I just I just want more. What a time to be alive, Drake. To be honest, but yeah, <laughs> but. Um, but okay anyways the number three spot this was one was really tough for me to choose because he did release two singles this past week earlier last week um but i have to give it to honey by boy pablo like i said he released two singles this past week the other one was titled jd's song i really had a tough time deciding between the two but they're both fire songs so definitely check them both out uh, but I definitely had to give it to Honey. It was more catchy, in my opinion. Definitely had a smoother beat. But both no, sure. still super fire. Uh, number two, have to give it to, even though it was released the week before, I have to give it to Staccato by Tori Lanes, putting the rumors between Tori and Megan Thee Stallion to the side. So obviously, we all hope Megan is okay and that whatever happened is resolved Tori just keeps continuing to prove how slept on he is when it comes to music. Even when it comes to the top tier of rappers and outside of Lil Baby and maybe Polo G, I would put Tori at number three for whoever's ha- for who's having the best 2020 for rappers this year. And this single just proves that. He released another single. It was a little two song little track, but definitely have to give that to... To staccato, fire track, and then number one, have to have to give it to Dominic Fike with politics and violence. This is really like this, this is Dominic Fike's world, and we're just living in it at this point.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Another banger. He showed again just how versatile he is. He even went into his rap bag a little bit in the second half of the song. He's set to release his first studio album, his first real studio album titled What Could Possibly Go Wrong, July 31st. It's going to be 14 tracks, and I'm so excited for that. And the episode that we have prepared for that the following week, very excited, not only to review that album, but we will be having a guest on that episode. I'm not going to name any names just yet. But he is an artist out of L.A. Maybe not somebody a lot of you have heard of, but one of his biggest songs on his biggest song on Spotify has around 200,000 plays. Very excited for our first real artist to be on the show to really interview him and talk about that album as him and I have both kind of bonded over Dominic Fike. So, so, so excited for that. So excited to give you guys more updates about that. But before we close out, Bryce, anything else you want to add? No,
1: not really. Great. Yeah. Oh. Good, good week to look forward to.
0: And Very, uh, very fun week. Excited for, excited for next week. Yeah, I mean, next week is going to be the first real episode that we've been able to Talk about like live sports, actual Mm -hmm. sports. Gonna be good. We are gonna have some preseason basketball, preseason NBA basketball, some MLB games to talk about for this shortened season. So, should be fun. Very excited for that. Very excited. I mean, this is gonna be the first episode ever that we've been able to talk about actual sporting events happening <laughs> for a for, for a the sports show that's everything i guess that's kind of kind of surprising but very strange time that we live in right now but no for okay so for bryce wyatt i'm riley Shepard for the who's got next podcast and we will all see you next week